For today's episode of Nominated Conversations, we amplify the voice of Imani Jones. Imani is the founder and CEO of the global creative agency, Find Your ID NYC, that specializes in brand development and strategy, talent representation, and content curation. Imani is also the event producer of the Exchange Fashion Festival, Exound Music Series, and the Intersection Art and Fashion Pop-Up Shop. Listen in as Imani shares with us her passion for fashion, culture, and photography, as well as her international tenure in Italy, and how she has expanded her network and leveraged her creative platform that reaches across the globe. Welcome to Melanated Conversations. Our narrative and our perspective. Here on the podcast, we are amplifying the voices of Black women and sharing their powerful stories of transformation. I'm Tyrion. And I'm Yana. Let's start the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Melanated Conversations. I am your co-host, Tyrion. And I'm your co-host, Yana. Yes, and today we have a very special guest on the line with us, founder and CEO of Find Your ID NYC, Imani Jones. Welcome, Imani. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yes. Thank you so much for saying yes and joining us today. We are so excited to chat with you all things creative mm-hmm. and and just tap into your wonderful brain and, and, and branding and all that stuff. So we cannot wait to chat with you today. Yana, did you have something you want to say really quick? No, I'm just excited. Y'all, um, y'all can't see money right now but if y'all could see her in this fabulous world she is serving today yes thank you you. giving me black goddess vibes like I'm loving it she looks beautiful and I'm sorry that we are not actually recording this on camera because y'all are missing out but she's gorgeous gorgeous gorgeous. just just visit us on the social media you'll see absolutely Right, exactly. Well, um, before we get into our melanated chat portion of the conversation, Imani, Yana and I always like to play a little game with our guests um, to just kind of loosen up, you know, get, you know, get us vibing together or whatever. And so we're going to play a little round of our special game called Don't Drop the Mic. Um, And (laughs) we will ask you (laughs) a question and Yana and I will also answer these questions as well. So you're not alone. Don't feel like, you know, don't be scared or anything like that. This is fun. We'll have a little fun. Okay. Are you ready? Go ahead, Yana. Take it away. All right. Well, let's have a little fun. Well, we we like to have fun. We have fun, period. In general, yeah. So <laughs> like just, just relax a little bit. But okay. So I have a couple questions I'm going to throw out. And I just pulled these from a deck. So um, these are questions for both Terry and I too, as she mentioned. First one I'm going to throw out is, what is the weirdest thing you find attractive in a person? 
Mm, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, <laughs> I would say the weirdest thing that I find attractive in a person. Um, whew, weirdest thing. Probably, probably the way they talk to their family, the way they talk to their mom um, or their dad or whoever it is. Uh, if you can see how they treat the people that are closest to them, that for some reason is really attractive to me. If they treat those people with respect and, you know, lovingly and how they if they have little nicknames for them, you know, those things really, really are attractive to me because that shows that they, you know, are really um, connected, well-grounded, well-rooted and um, and have a strong support circle around them. So. Yeah, I think that's. I fun. love that answer. That's, you went, you went deep. I know. I was like, she gave like such a well wholesome answer. I'm over here like, I feel like mine's gonna be real superficial, and I'm over here like, dude, let me, let me try to be deep. Exactly. No, nope, I ain't gonna be deep. I'm not. <laughs> what did you guys oh. say? <laughs> Listen, I'm married. I my husband know. He know what I'm <laughs> let me is in. Um the weirdest thing, I don't know necessarily if this is weird. I feel like there are a couple of things. But um um I would have to say this is not a weird thing, but I think like your personality, like if you can make me laugh, like if you're funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my goodness! Especially yeah. like pre husband. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could almost be. I'm not gonna say you could be a dog. You could have been a dog. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but you could have not been the most attractive person in the room. And if you were funny, I'd be like, oh my goodness! Like that made mm-hmm. that was intriguing to me. You know what I'm saying? Like you could draw me in like that and just. Mm-hmm. Like where I felt comfortable enough to where I could just, you know, laugh my socks off. No, yep. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, that's you know, that's, that's yeah, if you, yeah, if you can make me laugh, um, definitely. And then teeth are nice too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That says a lot about a person. For yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> teeth is important. <laughs> y'all well, know what I, about you? I like both of y'all's answers actually. And Perry and Oh, Imani, I don't know if we shared this or not, but Terry and I are actually cousins, first cousins. Uh, oh, see, I could have picked up on that. <laughs> yep, the energy was definitely, definitely there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, her dad and my mom are brother and sister. So, um, so when Terry mentions about the funny aspect and also how you mentioned to you about, um, you know, how they interact with our family, I feel like that is key um, for us, because that's how our 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 family naturally vibes. So yeah. I agree with both of those. Um, but my answer, yeah, don't laugh at me when I say this. See, I'm gonna laugh, laugh at me. <laughs> I can laugh, but <sighs> the weird thing that I find attractive in a person is if they have clean nails. I know. Oh, I, I can't do a dirty nail. Preach. <laughs> Preach. Preach. Were you were you saying any money? She's talking about somebody you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what, Yana? Those are big, big facts. Because listen, if I'm if I see your hands and your hands look like your finger and slip through the toilet tissue. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't fold it up enough times. <laughs> you got you don't have two ply. I don't know. You ain't got that strong uh toilet tissue. That's a problem. That's nasty. You are nasty and I don't want to have nothing to do with you. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I mean, it works with his hands, but no, that's your nails clean underneath that that crevice. If I see like dirt and it's just yo, I don't it's know. It's not necessary. I mean, it could be because I'm very um what's the word? You squeamish when you you know when you with a germaphone. I'm a germaphone. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, nails and that goes for men and women. I agree. Mm-hmm. I just don't just keep your nails clean. Please. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to think about people that's cooking my food and they got dirty nails. Okay, I'm going off topic. But no, you're not. Dirty nails. You <laughs> if you're someone who really keeps your nails clean, and I ain't saying like you gotta get a, a manicure, but just keeping your nails clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you are, you, that is, that's huge. It's the little uh, things in life. It, absolutely, <laughs> it is the little thing. <laughs> and if you don't want to do that, just bite your nails off. You know, you don't have to worry about keeping them. No, don't bite them because that's nasty too. Now you got the dirt that was under your fingernails in your mouth. Exactly. Mm-mm. No, but my husband knows that about me. And he's like, oh God, you made sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was about to go down a rabbit hole because I see people holding babies and they got dirty nails. I'm like, no, clean your hands. Clean your hands. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go off of that one. The next question that I have um, is what do you think is the most unpleasant sounding word? Unpleasant sounding word. <clears throat> hmm. And if you need some time to think, I can divert it to the period first. Yeah, let me think about that one. Oh, okay. (laughs) So here's my thing. I don't necessarily have a word that comes to mind off the top of my head that's like an unpleasant sounding word. I would have to really sit and think for a while. But okay, there are two words, though. So one word I hear a lot of people say that bothers them, and i I don't know why it bothers them, but it tends to bother a lot of people. It might like be the word. To say. Is it moist? Yes. <laughs> oh, girl, that was my word. Yeah. Moist. Just, I don't know. I, I, I get like, and I guess it goes back to my germaphobe vibe. I get like, you know, I just feel, it sounds like, it gives me mildewy type. I don't, I don't like it. Just she say, don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> the other word is angina, which I don't know if you heard of that. It has something to do with the heart. I don't know if it's like a heart condition or heart something like if somebody's had like a um, a heart attack and then, but it's called, it's called angina mm-hmm. and it just makes me think of other things. <laughs> and I'm like, why? They couldn't, they couldn't find another vowel consonant you know what I mean situation to no they couldn't just it's just a weird sounding word to me or maybe my mind just is dirty that's that's my word those are my words or I don't know (laughs) did you have one Imani 
Angina. I don't, you know, I don't think I have like a word that really I dislike that much. Um, but weird sounding words. Mm-hmm. Um, I think squiggle is a weird sounding word. Yeah. Squiggle is a really weird sounding word, but it also does give you an idea of what, what it means mm-hmm. in the word. That's true. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> you can kind of imagine what that would be. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, most of most of my words I feel would be more in Italian that I don't really like. But um, yeah, <laughs> English, I think that's the only one I could think of. Awesome. Yeah, and for mm-hmm. our guests, we didn't, I guess we will talk about that too, but um, yeah. Molly spends a great deal of her time in Italy, so we're going to mm-hmm. get into that. Um, <laughs> ah, yeah. show, she can <laughs> a couple Italian words that we can use. Right. Um, all, and, I know is, all I know is Roma Italian. That's all I got. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, a start, that's a start. That's <laughs> a It's only because I've been. I've been. Start. That's a, But that's, yeah. Oh, you've been to Rome? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. It is. I it roamed is. in my head, but I ain't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a start. It's a start. Okay. <laughs> right, you have to visualize it first, and then... I'm halfway there. Well, with, with COVID, who knows? Oh, well. Maybe a minute before I'm actually physically there. Good so. <laughs> <Been> and everything. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Imani, for being a good sport and playing with us. Yes, that was so much fun. <laughs> yes. Well, we're not going to hold you. We want to get into the meat of our conversation. I'm sure our listeners are as excited like we are to hear more about you and all the great things that you have going on. So, um, Perry, you want to go ahead and kick off? Yeah. yeah. So we're going to kick off our melanated chat. So Imani, who is Imani Jones? What are your roots? Can you share with us and our listeners a little bit about you? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I am the founder and CEO of Find Your ID NYC. Um, we're a global creative agency. Um, I actually, was born and raised in New York City, um, born in Queens, New York, grew up in Queens, um, and moved to Italy when I was about 19 years old. Um, was back and forth between Milan and New York um, for the bulk of my career postgraduate. Um, but I did start my education at Brooklyn College, which is here in NYC as well, um, before transferring to Bocconi University in Milan. Um, and since then, I've been working on my MBA right now. I'm currently studying at Howard University. Um, I have a lot of new projects that we just launched, including a clothing brand called Color Co. Um, that actually just launched this month. Um, we launched an e-commerce platform called Shop Local Designers, um, which we'll probably get into later. And, um, yeah, just been working on our creative projects, um, really helping, you know, emerging and established brands here in the U.S. and abroad to continue to grow their businesses. And um, me personally, um, I'm an avid traveler. I've traveled to 26 countries. Um, I'm fluent in Italian and English. And um, 
and yeah, just very, very much into culture, diversity, um, learning and, 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 and growing. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I always don't know what to say with those questions because I feel like I'm all over the place, but um, I hope that was enough. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, that's great. I was just going to ask, do you have any siblings? I do. I do. I have two brothers and two sisters and I'm the oldest actually. So yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Trailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was Karen a and I are fan of cultured beings. Yes. <laughs> we we we're gonna soak it all in today. Um yes. so yes, thank you for sharing um a little bit about that um experience. So I wanna know um about your, you know, you say you you um moved to Milan in nine or when you were nineteen. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and how you know you got started there and your educational experience um there um in general? Yes, 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 for sure. So, um, uh, yeah, how I got to Italy. Well, I was at Brooklyn College studying and we actually had to take a language as a part of my program. And I was already fluent in Spanish. So I figured that it would be relatively easy to switch over to Italian, but um, it actually wasn't. Um, I did, though, develop my interest in Italian and, um, and actually wanted to go there to become fluent and really learn more about the culture and the people. And so I did my first um, study abroad um, with Brooklyn College and I went to Perugia, Italy, which is in the Umbria region. Um, and then from there, once I got to to study there for the summer, um, I realized that I definitely wanted to come back and you know continue my studies. So when I came back home, I started to do some research and started to apply for scholarships and schools um, out there. Um, I did get accepted into Bocconi University, which is the top business school in Italy. And, um, and I was able to win eight scholarships from my school and other organizations to go there. So I was able to win quite a, quite a bit of money. And that enabled me to, you know, really start my, um, my travels and my journey there. And so, you know, um, a year later, I actually went back to to start studying in Milan. So that's how I got started in it. And everything kind of started to spiral from there. Um, but that's how I originally got over there. That's awesome. That's awesome. I saw how you threw, what did you say? What was the name of the 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 town or the city? Um, Perugia. Perugia? Mm-hmm. Ah, she put put the the Italian accent (laughs) on it. I'm making up words now. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Did did you have like culture shock being 19? Because I can imagine being 19 um, Mm -hmm. and traveling abroad, you know what I mean? For the first time. Was that, did you have like some sort of culture shock or anything? For sure, for sure. I mean, I definitely... It was definitely culture shock. I mean, when I first started to go there, um, there were still relatively few, you know, African-Americans that were living there. There are a lot of African people that, you know, live in Italy and Afro-Italians, but African-Americans, there was a relatively small group, um, which actually there's a Facebook group online for Black Americans living in Italy. And I joined that group and, you know, there were like, not even a hundred, maybe a hundred, 
maybe just a hundred people there that were in the group <laughs> and um, just walking around on the streets. Everybody was kind of, you know, stopping me and asking to touch my hair all the time and um, taking pictures of me when I wasn't looking and things like that. So there were definitely, there were definitely those experiences where you feel like an outsider, but <clears throat> I will say it was never really offensive um, yeah. more just um, intrigue and, you know, also um, just curiosity um, from the people wanting to know more about, you know, who I was and why I was there. Um, so for sure, there was a bit of culture shock, but it definitely wasn't I didn't receive many racist m- remarks. And that was great um, because I really wouldn't have gone back if that were the case. Yeah. Um, stay for a prolonged period. So um, definitely felt, you know, that people were genuinely happy to see me um, when I was there. And that's great, you know, because you want to feel welcome wherever you travel. And I think Italy is still one of one of the few places um, in in Europe that you really go there and feel like you can you can start a start a life there, you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting. Um, to Rome and I noticed and I don't know if because you lived in Italy. Um, mm-hmm. I was only there for like a week, but okay. <laughs> I, I I noticed I would see a lot of Italian men with black or African women. Um, I noticed that a lot just walking around the city is, was that something common that you noticed or, cause I know you talked about how just people may were intrigued by like your hair or, you know, sometimes even your skin or something like that. But did you notice like a dynamics where you saw like a lot of Italian men with black women? over there oh definitely definitely and that's that's something that you will you will see a lot of um for sure I think there's definitely an attraction there you know with Italian men that they definitely do gravitate towards black women but not just black women I think in general they are just really international um they like to travel in Italy so they're super open-minded um romantically I would say um, and so that is super popular there, I would say, for sure, out of out of the, all the countries in Europe. I think Europe, Italy is maybe the hotspot for um, interracial dating. <laughs> got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> now, before you tried, did you take you took up you started taking up photography? Um, did you take that up? like after you started traveling abroad or was this something you had always kind of been interested in? Yeah. So actually photography, I started, um, I started learning about photography in my freshman year in college. And I had a group of friends that we, we sort of started our own photography company and we're doing events and things like that. So I was already kind of doing work in that area um, before I went there. And then for sure, while I was there, I was able to expand my interest and to do also travel photography and travel blogging. Um, so I got into that while I was traveling. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely were, was able to expand my portfolio while I was living over there as well. Right. And you did brought you became a broadcast journalist also in Milan. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so so that actually happened. Once I graduated, um, I graduated in finance and marketing um, with a major in finance and minor in marketing. Um, And so my first 
job out of college was actually um, working as a TV journalist in Italy, in Milan. And I was doing um, technical analysis and financial reporting um, for for Lefonti Media Group, which is um, a media publication that really specializes in finance, legal, um, and asset management. So um, yeah, I had my own show that I was doing there. Um, that was reporting on the Italian stock market every day. And then I also was able to start a show that was about expats in Italy. So I got to interview um, a lot of um, Americans that had moved to Italy to start their own businesses. And so the show was all about, it was actually called All About Business, um, all about business in, in Italy, but featuring expat entrepreneurs. So that was really fun. Um, and yeah, I was doing that doing that right after graduation. So I was definitely very fortunate to, to land that role and it enabled me to travel um, and do conferences with them. So I was hosting um, financial conferences um, in Naples and Hong Kong um, and, you know, just really um, able to, to expand in the financial market. So um, yeah, that was, that was right after I graduated. Wow. We're talking about moving and shaking. <laughs> yes. If moving and shaking was a person. <laughs> oh man, it, it was definitely a lot of work. It was it was super challenging because the show was in Italian. And even though I was fluent by that time, um, it was a completely different vocabulary. You know, you're learning the financial um terminology and also converting, you know, um, those uh, converting all of the numbers in your head in real time and also, you know, using your financial knowledge in real time. So it was, it was definitely challenging to be able to keep up with it being my second language. Um, mm-hmm. So being able to do the all about business show was kind of a, a breather where I could actually speak with Americans in English as well. But um, for the Italian version of the show, I was definitely working, you know, 12-hour days, for sure. Wow. So. wow. Mm-hmm. I would expect, though, that being being so versatile and, um, you know, navigating in this different space, you were able to build relationships with, with individuals, especially in the business world. Um, I, I'm just, that's an assumption I'm making. How, how did that impact your business relationships being in Italy and traveling in other mm-hmm. places uh, all over the world? Definitely um, working with Lafonte, I was able to um, expand my contacts in the financial industry. And so I had a lot of um, business owners and also um, entrepreneurs and, and CEOs that were in my you know Rolodex of contacts now, which was really great. Um, I also was able to bring in a lot of um, businesses that I was interested in working with because um, outside of just the financial show I was also doing the the business show and so I was able to interview a lot of companies that I personally was interested in because I I was also um, one of the producers of the show so I got to really select those companies that I would like to work with and um and was able to you know meet them and develop relationships with them firsthand um but outside of Lafonti and the work I was doing there I was still modeling as well so I had a lot of fashion designers that I was meeting and, you know, being able to 
also introduced them to um, the media publication was great because, you know, they could potentially um, advertise through those magazines and through the TV shows. And so I was still able to, you know, explore my external interests, which were always in fashion and music and the arts. So um, I was able to do some articles and features on those businesses as well. So, yeah, for sure, I was saying working in media was a great, great opportunity to really just um, get my name out there, um, connect with other journalists, connect with other um, media and PR contacts. And so um, it was just an, really an open door for me to connect with anyone that I was potentially interested in. So, um, yeah, it was it was definitely a, a great way to to start building a career and by the time I left Milan, it was like I already knew everyone in the city. So it was just it was really it was really a great way to, you know, get your foot in the door for sure. Awesome. That's I, I'm telling you, relationships make all the difference in, you know, how you can grow and scale your business. So mm -hmm. the fact that you are able to leverage those um, is, is awesome. Mm -hmm. Let's kind of talk about your businesses in general, starting with, you know, Find Your ID NYC. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about it and the work that you're doing with with your organization? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Find Your ID um, actually launched it first in Italy. Um, and that was really more of the um, consulting and marketing work that I was doing with Italian brands. Um, and then when I came back to New York, I was able to continue building those relationships and helped um, Italian brands first um, start to build their networks here in the U.S. and also to um, to market themselves and develop their brands in the American market. And so originally, you know, we wanted to be a connection for brands that were internationally minded and were looking to um, have a U.S. team that could help them create their content um, on site, create their editorials, um, help them to get into stores, help them to do pop-ups and activations. And so we we're doing a lot of work with international brands, um, initially. And then we started to expand more into the New York market. Um, once I, once I fully relocated to New York, um, started to really focus more on the American market, but always, um, uh, with what we did, we tried to reach out to international um, brands in different regions that wanted to uh, wanted to connect with with Americans, and so um, so yeah, find your ID. We're really a one stop shop for brands, especially um, emerging and you know small to medium sized business businesses that are looking to develop their websites, um, create marketing campaigns, um, social media content, videos, um, any type of creative content that they need to elevate their brands. Um, and then we started to do our event production um, based on really a need from our clients to have um, these collective style events where the costs are driven down because there are multiple multiple vendors and brands that are being represented. So um, most of the time when you see our shows, those are brands that we represent or work with. Um, and we'll do collective pop-up shops and fashion shows um, and brand activations to really help them to deliver their message. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what we do at Find Your ID in a nutshell. That's dope. 
I like that. I love that a lot. Um, what what inspired you to go the creative route? Like you, you said, you always had kind of like a love for the arts in general. But was there something in particular that was like, hey, like this is the route I want to go with branding and social media and, and fashion and combining everything into one? Yeah, so I I really um, I really love photography. Um, that's definitely one of my passions. That's something I would do for free every day, you know? And, um, and so with photography, I knew that I could use that to help brands to create content and, um, and to also, you know, create their social media strategies and, um, help them to deliver their marketing messages. And so I was able to tie in my passion for photography with my educational background in marketing, um, and branding. And so really join those together. Um, you know, we had to expand from just photography because it is, it is sadly a dying industry, I would say, um, especially financially. Um, there are just so many people that are doing photography for such, um, below market rates that, you know, we had to do, we had to offer additional services. So we started to expand into videos and to animations, um, to promo promo materials and you know any type of creative materials that those brands would need we started to develop a team of um, creatives that could actually um, deliver and were the best in those um, specialized fields but you know I definitely knew that I wanted to continue doing something where I could use my ideas and also my love for photography to you know um, to offer a unique service to brands and and that's why I started to do to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was it like starting, like getting like actual, I know you, you got the concept and, um, you know, just actually making the, the bold step to actually execute and really get, you know, what, what was it, what was the process like for you in starting um, this initiative with, the, with your business? Um, so the process starting, um, you know, it really it really came down to um, at the time that I was deciding whether or not I wanted to do whether or not I wanted to continue to build Find Your ID full time. I was still working with LaFonte Media um, and I was consulting on the side, um, but I was actually unable to go back to Milan because um, essentially there was a, a wave of really xenophobia across Europe and, you know, um, my visa just kept getting denied and denied, even though I'd already studied there. I already had a work um, permit to be there, but they weren't willing to renew it. So um, I was kind of at this cross crossroad where I was working here um, for La Fonti in New York, but I'm making a Italian salary, right, which is which is nothing um, in compared to what you need to live in New York, right? So I needed to find other ways to create income for myself. And um, and so I started to really promote more of my creative services and marketing services um, and started to book more clients here. And um, at some point, I started to make a lot more money with um, my creative work than I was with my um, job at LaFonte. And so I had to, you know, choose to continue doing find your ID and building find your ID full time because um, my time was also, you know, it was being very, 
it was being pulled in two different directions. So I had to make a decision to move forward and do this and really focus all of my attention and energy on building this. And, you know, it took a leap of faith and, you know, just hope that it would work out. And it did. So, you know, that's just kind of how I, I decided to to do this. <laughs> no, that is amazing and encouraging, um, especially even right now, because I know right now a lot of um, companies and new dreams and visions are being birthed mm-hmm. in this moment. We talked about 2020 just being just full of just disappointing um, just one disappointment out there, another, but you know, it has definitely opened up a lot of, a lot of lanes for us um, to tap into a lot of creative geniuses and things. So, um, for you in particular, I'm, um, you know, you've just built brand after brand, and uh, I'm talking. You're, you're a superwoman entrepreneur here for me. Um, one of your um, projects that you have is your exchange fashion festival that takes place is it every year in both New New York and New York so it is um, it's actually happens twice a year um, during fashion week in the winter season and also the spring summer Um, but yeah it's happening in New York and Milan and we were planning to do it in South Africa this year and you know before the pandemic hit so we're, we're we still have south africa in the works but that'll be hopefully sometime next year and that's one place here and i have both been to together and we love south africa so that could, when the world reopens we've been trying to find a reason to come back so let us know can we get yes, on this guys we- are vip so <laughs> <laughs> do you have a height do you have a height uh uh cut off cap <laughs> You know me, I'm short as all can get out, but I'm on the outfit. I just want to be in the, in the, in the app. I'm trying to be a trailblazer for the little shorties okay, right well, here. Yes. <laughs> no, I love that. So how has that, you know, the event, putting on a festival, mm-hmm. man, like, girl, and, and, and not even just, you. we're not talking about two locations in, you know, New York right. down the street, like you're like and and then and during like one of like the most um it's like the big event for fashion like during like fashion week yeah. so how how does one manage such a, a vast <laughs> undertaking along with managing the business and the flow girl way <laughs> Well, for sure. It's definitely, it's definitely a lot of work. Um, Definitely prayer, (laughs) prayer saves things and changes things. So that, that definitely is, you know, um, something that I do regularly. Um, But having an event internationally, you need to, you need to really have strong connections on the ground. And I was able to really, um, you know, make Milan happen because I had so many contacts in the city already um, that I did have people that could check on things and, you know, just follow up with our venues, follow up with our vendors. Um, Speaking the language as well, you can, um, you can also avoid a lot of those common pitfalls, which are, you know, getting overcharged or getting charged the American price, right? Because they know you're a foreigner and they, 
um, they can actually get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you mm-hmm. know, definitely having those people on the ground that can help and, you know, really be the face of the project for those individual cities, I would say is kind of the only way. If you don't have people, if you don't have a team on the ground um, that can really help and um, and be there and be physically present, um, it it is almost impossible to do because uh, there's just so many things that can go wrong with events specifically, you really do need that um, reinforcement when you feel something's not going the right way, that someone can just go by and check on things. Um, And then planning, you know, we normally start at least six months out for our events, our fashion shows. Um, Working in the industry right now, we have have an entire um, directory of models and talent and musicians and visual artists and performers that Uh, we worked with in the past and that are eager to work with us as well. And so that always makes these festivals a lot easier when you have direct relationships with, um, with the talent that's going to be involved. Um, And then being really, really, um, you know, just uh, optimistic on things because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that go wrong, even up until the last second. Um, Whereas you, if you don't have that, you know, perseverance in this industry, it really, it can, it can break you very easily because um, you have these amazing plans in your head. And then last minute, the venue pulls out, you know, and then you have to find another venue in two days. Um, And it's, it's just having different connections in different places. And we've, we've done so many events at this point that we can, we can really pull out, pull together an event in a week. And, and so that makes things um, a lot easier, but, you know, for sure, just having those contacts, um, being and remaining super optimistic, optimistic about um, whatever the outcome is, just being, you know, open-minded and being flexible um, to, to those changes and um, being able to really create, um, or be a visionary in the sense where you can create experiences that people will actually enjoy to come to. And that's, you know, identifying the right people, identifying the right, you know, performers and, um, and brands to participate and being able to um, really f- predict and foresee any challenges that could happen and making sure that those things don't happen. So, um, yeah, some, some of the tips, but there's a lot more for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. And you're tapping into something that, so, why I'm so intrigued is, uh, well, just in general, because you just know, <laughs> but beyond that, Terry and I have been, you know, toying with the idea of wanting to, and, you know, as we continue to grow, like uh, putting on an actual, maybe not a festival, but more of a kind of live event experience, um, kind of conference type thing. And I'm not gonna lie, every time that we revisit that conversation, we were like, oh my God, can we, do this? Can we pull this out here? What, else, what do we right. need to know? And I'm not such a natural like planner that it probably can, it probably may be a little, I'm, I may be a little over obsessed. So Terry may be like, okay, you can loosen up <laughs> a little bit. But, <laughs> but I just think about just everything, all the moving parts, the transactional things, the, the things that you don't necessarily have, that you don't think about, but you have to think about if you need to get 
don't know, for a festival, you probably have to get permits and different things. I don't know. But I just think about all of that combined. I'm like, oh, can't, is it possible for someone like, you know, a small, like for us, you know, it doesn't have a big machine behind us that can pull something off. And to see you um, do this and you, girl, we look up to you. Let me tell you something, Yana. That's probably the one area where I am a OCD-ish at planning an event. Oh. So we might be, I mean, if we miss something, good God, because I'm telling you, <laughs> if it's planning an event, putting something together like that, like an event where people got to be there and have a good time, mm-hmm. then I'm thinking like all, all the little things and all the big right. things and all the little things. I understand you put people in place to help you. Like, this is not something that you do on your own, but still, when you are behind, you're the name or the face behind it, you, you want to make sure it's... Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no. I just know. Well, I get what you're saying, yeah, though. Yeah. And the fact that she's doing it internationally is just, yeah. yeah. Like you said, it's not up the street and around the corner. Like this. Right. Right. <laughs> and like you said, you know, you have those contacts and, you, and you, you've been... You spent time there, you know the language, so you know when you're, you know, somebody's trying to jib mm-hmm. you or not, um, or get over on you. They might just be smiling at us and speaking nice Italian. You're like, girl, you're like, I'm right. like a good deal. <laughs> <Exactly. And then, laughs> Did you say jib? I wonder if Imani knew what you meant when you said that. Oh, yeah. I know. That's why I try For sure. You know that word all too well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Girl, you I'm have sorry. To call I'm sorry. Okay. She knew what you meant. She knew what you meant. Oh my goodness. No, the, everything that you're doing though is amazing, Imani. Um, but you kind of took stuff back to your broadcasting, your journalism roots, where um you do these live interview segments called the Pink Talks. Um can you share with us what, exactly what that is? What does pink stand for? And also, why was it important for you to make sure that you highlighted female entrepreneurs? Yes. So Pink Talks is Pink Talks is honestly my favorite project. Um, it really came, it really derived from um, something that I noticed in the New York City uh, event industry. And it was really that there weren't many spaces that were open for women creatives and women entrepreneurs. And um, and then when you do see them, they're very small or, you know, um, it wasn't really directed towards women of color or diverse women. And so, you know, really try to fill the gap in that area and provide a safe space for women creatives um, and especially women of color creatives that would like to network and connect um, with each other and build a community around those brands. Um, so pink is really just the color um, that, you know, we often associate with femininity, but um, Pink NYC is a platform and it's a platform for goddesses as we promote it, a platform for goddesses to to connect and explore and discover. And so um, we started doing it with the vinyl. Um, the vinyl was our main venue partner um, for over a year. And um, well, over a year and up until the pandemic hit. Um, and basically, we were doing it once a week. And um, every Wednesday, everybody would dress up 
and wear the color pink. Um, and we would have a lineup of all women, uh, women creatives. So that could be poets, could be dancers, it could be um, authors, it could be um, uh, designers, fashion designers. You might come to Pink and see a full-on fashion show with women designers. You might see, you know, a author signing or reading. Um, you might see a dance battle. Um, but every every week that we did it, we tried to have a different theme around it and sometimes we would have a bunch of themes at one time which is great um we did a pink carpet event for new york fashion week that featured four um, women designers um and uh, pink really became its own entity outside of find your id we we planned to do it one time and the response was just so um so amazing that we decided to keep doing it um and almost three, 400 people every time were coming out to this event. Um, we were able to work with charities as well. We did a event that was called Purses for Purpose. And to get into that pink event, everybody bought a purse full of um, women's sanitary items that they could use. And that was the entrance for the day. And then we were able to donate that to um, an organization that actually provided those purses with women uh, to women. Um, and then the event got so popular that Airbnb concerts actually reached out to us and said yeah. they wanted us to join the platform. Um, and then we started to host it through Airbnb. So um, so now if you wanted to see the latest updates on that event, you could actually go to Airbnb's experience page and you'll be able to see Pink NYC on there. And then um, once the pandemic hit, we started to do Pink Talks, which was a spinoff of Pink, where every Sunday we would sit down and interview um, one of our woman creatives or entrepreneurs and have them tell their story, um, promote their brands. Um, we offer free advertising to uh, members of the Pink community. So we also promote uh, woman-owned products on the platform and um, and really just give a platform and a voice to um, these these women and these entrepreneurs. Imani. (laughs) Okay. I just love that you lead with everything with service. Mm -hmm. With your businesses, through all your initiatives, through all your projects, it always has this service component like it you lead with that how you can give back or how you can serve so I I I, I love that and everything that you were saying about like pink talks is, is much bigger than what I was you know thinking and just the, the the way that you give through that that's that's like its own organization within itself it is it is honestly it is it really is and I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to turn into this, but um, but that just shows you there's such a need for it. Women were so attracted to the idea that they just wanted us to keep doing it. And that was really the motivation to, you know, keep doing them more frequently, to continue doing the pink talks, because, you know, um, the the pink events were really self-financed. So we were paying for everything out of pocket and really doing it to give back to the woman. Um, creative community. So um, eventually I would love to actually make Pink its own organization because I feel that it definitely needs that. And we would be able to do so much more if we, if we did go ahead and go that route. But, um, but yeah, we, we definitely started it 
um, and continue to host it with that in mind that, you know, we just need to, we need to allow women a space to come together and to spread love and to really um, connect and share their projects. So yeah, the pink community is, is, is amazing. Yes, we love that. And if there is any way that with, through our brand, through Melanie Conversations, because that's all we stand for is highlighting not even just female entrepreneurs, but, you know, Black women in general and just highlighting all the great works and things that they're doing and just creating the space, a lane for us to celebrate all the great things that we contribute to this earth. So I don't know if there's a way that we can connect and, and you know, and assist with some of those efforts, but um yeah, I would love yes. that. I would love that. Yeah. Love, love to, to do that. Yes. Like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is amazing. Mm. Um, and if y'all don't know, there is more to Imani's story. <laughs> is building. Man, this house is just. It's like an infomercial. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. There's definitely more. And I don't want to get into that. So again, like I mentioned, Right now, we are all tapping to our creative geniuses. It seems like you're all, you're just you just live in your creative zone. So, um, <laughs> I know your organization, your company, recently launched a project, Shop Local Designers, as a result of you know the shifts that presented through this pandemic. Can you share a little bit about that and how you're assisting local brands through this initiative? Yes, definitely, definitely. So. Um, Shop Local Designers um, is really a collective of of designers emerging and established brands that are really looking to rewire the fashion industry and take it back to its roots, which is in sustainability, um, creating a platform for local brands to really be highlighted and move away from fast fast fashion so much um, and tell more of the stories behind some of these artists and products. So if you take a look at our website, um, you can actually check out our interviews with these designers. So we do video interviews with them. Um, we have a magazine that we produce around th- these brands as well. And also um, that highlights local boutiques in different areas. Um, and every every um, every week, we actually highlight a different region. So if you check out the site, you can see that it's divided from cities. So you can actually shop designers by each international fashion city. And you can also check out the trends in each of those cities as well and find out about local designers that make them. So um, so our platform is really unique and we just launched that actually over the summer um, in response to the pandemic. Um, a lot of the brands that we were already working with from our fashion shows, from the different pop-ups we were doing, <clears throat> didn't really have a internet um, or online digital presence. And, you know, as you all probably are familiar, um, it's very hard to gain traffic to your website if you don't have a hefty marketing budget. Um, on average, you'll be spending 1500 a month on digital marketing, right? And that's just for the strategists. Um, that's not even including the money that you need to put into the the ads, right? The Google ads. So, yeah, right exactly so a lot of a lot of new brands just simply can't afford that service and so they have 
even if they do have a website, they're probably not making any sales to the website. So um, this is, again, a collective approach. And it's similar to the events that we were doing where we really did want to band together these brands and help to promote them all um, all through this platform and um, through our social media strategies and also through the magazine publication that we're doing with it. Um, Imani, my goodness, like <laughs> you are amazing. You are so, so amazing. Do you mind me asking, how old are you? If, and if you don't want that out there. I knew you were going to ask me that. I knew, you were gonna, I knew that was the next question. I knew it. <laughs> if you don't want the world to know, no, you don't have to. You can say like, it in no, Italian. No. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So actually, this is my birthday month. So super excited about Yay. that. I'm going to be 27 on the 27th Girl. of this month. So. Girl, 27? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what have I been doing in my life? I mean, I mean, good grief. That is amazing in itself. You meant... Man, kudos, hats off. <laughs> you making your family proud. I'm sure your family is so, so proud of you. That is amazing. I love uh, things we love to see. <laughs> like, it really makes my heart happy when I hear like younger women like trailblazing and really out here making moves, making, you're not making moves, you're making waves. No, seriously, <laughs> you are making waves and you are dominating everything and it's you know i mean sometimes there's an oversaturation of certain people in certain you know what i mean they just take up all the space you take up all the space but in the best way possible and i love it and i need (laughs) you to keep taking up space you know what i'm saying so i can be like i know her i met her that one time like i love i love everything that you're doing yeah Yes, yes. It's it's been a journey. It's been a journey, but you know, um definitely learning learning so much along the way. And um I do feel that um it was it was for sure in me. Like my dad always says, you know, you were you were selling candy in high school. And I really did. I had a whole business around selling candy to all of the basketball teams that I was going. She was that kid. Kid. She was that kid. All of the wholesale candy, taking it to school. So, I mean, it was always, it was. I knew that I was going to have like an entrepreneurial journey. So yes. <laughs> it's definitely in the genes for sure. To those who are <laughs> listening, especially to our youngest listening, listeners, you know, a candy bar can take you far. <laughs> you know, don't, don't knock it. Don't knock it for it. Come on. Come on. No, we love it. Thank you, Imani, for sharing so much. Not even just today on the show, but just in general, sharing so much yeah. of you and your, your, you know, you, I imagine that with all the different things that you are um, taking on, that it does maybe take away some personal from you, like, because you have to put so much into these things. And um, I, I, I applaud you for, um, you know, giving so much in mm-hmm. all the things that you do. And I hope that you are definitely giving yourself some, some space for grace and some time. <laughs> I say this because, you know, Terry, give me this eye because she knows <laughs> that I 
can sometimes like bury myself in work and I'm just like I'm just so goal driven that I just want to get it done I want to do it right um and just want yeah but yeah I I just I I know that you you know I'm I'm taking notes from you so I just need to (laughs) (laughs) um I probably need to give you advice in that in that space but I do hope that you are finding you know things that you know keep you you know happy and Mm -hmm. moving Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Absolutely. This has been great. This has been great. Um, But before we officially close the show, we like to go, we always give our guests, um, I'm just fumbling and bumbling and I cannot speak today. (laughs) (laughs) We have to edit all that out. She just just blown our minds out. I'm telling you, good Googling movie. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We always ask our guests a few closing questions. And so my first closing question for you is, what is your power word for 2020 or phrase or a few words um, that, you know, have inspired you or, or kept you going this year, especially this year of all the years? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I would say for sure at the start of the year, it was definitely abundance. And I was really, you know, trying to move towards that this year in all of my endeavors and really seeing completion in a lot of my projects as well, um, which was right before the pandemic hit. And then I was saying, you know, okay, let's take some time and let's let's reconnect. Let's reconnect with people, with friends and family. Um, much to what Yana was saying earlier, um, definitely that's something that I haven't been able to do as much of throughout my career because of just the time that it takes to put in to all of these projects. But I um, really have been trying to reconnect more with my family and friends this year and and, you know, really just ground myself and try to create more of a healthy balance um, between work and family and also um, things that I like to do, passion projects as well. So um, so for sure, um, the, the word for this year now, I would say is balance. Um, but at the beginning of the year was abundance. So maybe I could find a, a balance in between. I love that. And you know, yeah. how abundance is showing up for you this year. Very weak. That's our word. <laughs> abundance. Abundance. <laughs> exactly, Abundance. right? Just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I love that you are seeking that balance. Um, because yeah, like like you mentioned, you're so giving to some everyone else that you know um will love that you give that same back to yourself. Um you return. So good. I'm glad that that um is going well for you and um, you kind of touched on this earlier in the show. Um, I was going to ask, did you have any new works or projects going on for 2020? And I know you mentioned that you just launched a clothing brand. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. So the clothing brand is actually, um, it's called Colorco. And um, most of the designs, well, all of the designs are being created by my team. Um, and, you know, with Find Your ID, we actually have an entire team of craft designers. So I'm doing the creative direction. Um, and then I work with my designers on the graphics for those um, pieces. And we just launched a new collection. We're going to be in Atlanta on the 30th of October, um, which is going to be the Color Co. launch party Um we're able to get the brand into two stores wow. already, which is amazing. 
And um, and yeah, so we're gonna be we're gonna be presenting the theme of this collection is actually called Protect Our mm-hmm. Black Queens, and it was inspired by um, everything that's been happening to Black women this year, especially you know Rihanna Taylor mm-hmm. and and the countless others um, that have been you know victimized from police brutality. And so this collection is really to have a message, have clothing delivered with a message. And so all of the pieces say protect our black queens on it. And we have um, different female figures that are rocking Afro-futuristic hairstyles. Um, and so you have like really amazing portraits with with that powerful phrase underneath. So um, definitely check the website. Um, it's going to be available. It's already available exclusively on the Shop Local Designers page. And you can check the um, designer page which says color co and then um, I would love to actually send you you both um, some merch as well because uh, I think you are perfect examples of black queens so oh, we'd love to share that with you oh my god <laughs> I'm the cry no she was explaining the, the concept and I was like what is that what is my eyes are wet and I don't do that oh. no my eyes over here. Girl. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. And even more. Yes. Imani. Yeah. Girl. We need to stop asking what are you doing and just stop asking what are you not. I mean, the list would be a lot shorter for sure. Oh my God. I love. I love the whole premise behind it. And when you were saying that, I was like, oh, Jerry, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to get on. That's, I, was I was like, like I need to go. And so forget on. Oh, look, <laughs> see, look at see, see what you got. I would definitely ship you guys some merch for sure. Oh, bless you, bless you, bless you. This is, oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Okay, last question. I can't even focus right now. Yeah, we in, we in. We in super fan girl mode right now. I'm like seriously, <laughs> seriously. Okay, my final question for you, Imani: How can our listeners connect with you and your work? So, any social handles, websites, um, any of that you want to go ahead and shout that stuff out, and we will make sure that it is linked on our website and our blog post. Yes, yes, yes. So my uh, my personal Instagram is I. Um, Jones, like my last name, and then New York, which is spelled out. Um, and then our website is fydnyc.com for our creative agency. Um, and then it's shop local, shoplocaldesigners.com for the e-commerce platform. And you can find all of our merch for Color Co. on Shop Local Designers. So those are our handles. Oh, and if you want to check out Pink NYC, there's a, a separate Instagram page, which is just the name um, P-Y-N-K-N-Y-C. And you can see all of the pink talks coming up and definitely tune in for those as well. Perfect. Perfect. Yes, perfect. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing yes. with us, Imani. We, man, we so appreciate this conversation. This was definitely such a, I don't know if, you know, Terry and I, we joke a lot and <laughs> we like to laugh and have fun but no seriously like you are truly an inspiration and mm-hmm. just thank you so much 
Um, just keep, man, keep moving in the way that you are. And you know that there are just more phenomenal things um, coming your way. Um, yeah, we want to, we want to, we're definitely going to have our eyes on you. Hopefully we yes. can meet, we can actually meet in person once all this is over and yes. maybe participate in an event or Yes. Be in the yes. scene, just me in the scenery. Just be in the scenery. <laughs> That's awesome. That'd be so awesome. For sure. I'm going to invite you guys. We're going to be doing our, um, we're going to be starting to do our in-person events soon for Pink. Um, we have a new space that we're going to be using for it. Um, it will be, you know, social distanced and um, definitely a lot fewer people than we typically have, but. Um, I'll send you guys the invites for the first one once we start it up. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're so, you're so mm-hmm. kind. So kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to close out our show now because I'm just like, we can keep talking. But mm-hmm. we're not hold you. <laughs> so you guys, again, we'll have everything linked to Imani and all the great things that she is working on and has in the works. Um, so you can be plugged in with her. Of course, all that will be on um, our website at MomentumConversations.com. So please be sure to check that out. Um, but again, it was such a joy to have you, Imani, on the show. And to you, our listeners, we thank you for always rocking with us as you know we continue to move in this initiative of amplifying the beautiful voices of our Black women, our Black queens that are just moving, shaking yes. in this <laughs> world. You know, it's always our mission to celebrate our successes um, and, you know, just just learn from each other. So thank you for always, you know, supporting us in those efforts. Um, I don't have anything else. Because if I could think of the talk, I might eventually get to a crying spell <laughs> in a minute. But uh, you have anything, Terry, before we close out? No, no. I, this is great. Um, it was a, it was an absolute honor to chat with you, mm-hmm. to meet you today. Yes, this was great. I loved and enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you, Imani, for saying yes to us. Yes. And, um, yes, thank mm-hmm. you, guys. No, that's all I got, Yana. That's it. <laughs> Until next time, you guys. Melanate on that. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our chat today. Keep the conversation going by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leaving us a review. Have a story of your own to share? Email us at info at melanatedconversations.com or connect with us on social media at Melanated Conversations. Till next time. Keep raising your voice.